Welcome to Dissect, long-form musical analysis broken into short, digestible episodes. I'm your host, Cole Kushner. In episode one, we explored Kendrick Lamar's hometown of Compton, California, and Lamar's transformation from K-Dot, an adolescent mixtape rapper, to Kendrick Lamar, the fully mature artist. On today's episode, we dive deep into Lamar's major label debut, Good Kid, Mad City. Good Kid, Mad City, which contains the subtitle, A Short Film by Kendrick Lamar, is a concept album with a non-linear Tarantino-like plot structure that spans one pivotal day in Kendrick's teenage upbringing in the streets of Compton. While an entire podcast season can easily be dedicated to dissecting this album, we thought it only right to spend an entire episode exploring its narrative arc and overall message, as it sets the stage for the conception and execution of To Pimp a Butterfly, the sequel to Good Kid Mad City. Kendrick had the concept of Good Kid Mad City years before he began writing it. TDE's President Punch said of the album, quote, This project was in the works Kendrick's whole life. This is his life story. This is the prequel to everything. He had the title for this album even before the Kendrick Lamar EP had dropped. He was writing the concept the whole time. Kendrick backs this notion in an interview with Google Play. Everything is put into this album. If you go back to my early stages where the internet world you know, recognized me, I've been screaming out Good Kid, Mad City since my earliest mixtapes. I've been holding on to the album cover you know, for years. Everything's been premeditated and um, what I think happened is, you know, me visualizing that for so long, throwing that in the universe, it finally comes into play, you know. So I'm definitely, definitely aware, you know, I've been anticipating it and grooming it for years now. There was any doubt that the story of Good Kid, Mad City was purely autobiographical, one needs to look no further than the album's cover art. Kendrick used an actual family Polaroid of himself as a young boy sitting with family members around a small kitchen table. There's a 40 next to a baby bottle, and his uncle holds little Kendrick with one hand and flashes a gang sign with the other. Speaking on the cover and the album itself, Kendrick stated, quote, It's really just like a self-portrait. I feel like I needed to make this album to move on with my life. It was a venting process to tell these stories I never told. That photo says so much about my life and about how I was raised in Compton and the things I've seen just through them innocent eyes. You don't see nobody else's eyes, but you see my eyes are innocent and trying to figure out what's going on. The album begins with the track Shireen, Master Splinter's Daughter. In terms of plot, it's a flash forward into the middle of the story. Kendrick, a sophomore in high school, has borrowed his mother's van to drive outside Compton to Paramount to hook up with Shireen, a girl Kendrick met at a party. I met her at this house party on El Segundo in Central. She had the credentials of strippers in Atlanta. Ass came with a hump from the jump. She was a camel. I want to ride like Arabians, pushing no for Mercedes Benz. Hello, my name is Kendrick. She said, no, you're handsome. Whispered in my ear, disappeared, then found her dancing. Sierra had played in the background. The parade music we made had us all wearing shades. Now, cool. Where you stay? She said, down the street from Dominguez High. Okay, I know that's borderline Compton or Paramount. Well, as a Compton, no, she replied to quickly start Although he knows her cousin is a gangbanger, youthful lust overpowers his intuition and puts Kendrick in danger as he pulls up to Shrain's house. Two men in black hoodies, which we assume are gang-affiliated, approach Kendrick and the song ends abruptly, a cliffhanger. 
The album's narrative doesn't advance with the next track, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. Here, Kendrick observes his place in the music industry, the new people around him trying to exploit him, and his mission to elevate the current state of hip-hop. If we can at all tie this track into the album's narrative, it acts like the opening credits, a montage of images that foreshadow his future as the credits roll. The track ends with a skit in which Kendrick's friends pick him up in a Toyota. They drive around Compton freestyling over instrumental beat CD on the album's next track, Backseat Freestyle. Here, Kendrick is rapping like himself at age 16, like the mixtape persona K-Dot we heard in episode 1. This is the true beginning of the story, a group of young kids driving around the city looking for trouble. With the album's next song, The Art of Pure Pressure, the narrative continues with Kendrick and his friends still in the Toyota. They end up robbing a house they've been scouting for months and barely escape the law. Pull in front of the house that we've been camping out for like two months. The sun is going down as we take whatever we want. Hey, hey, nigga, tax out, nigga, find the safe. Hey, nigga, I see somebody in this room. Wait, what? Nigga, somebody in this room. I hit the back window in search of any Nintendo DVDs, plasma screen TVs in the trunk. We made a right, they made a left, they made a right, they made a left. We was just circling life. My mama called. Hello? What you doing? Kicking it. I should have told I'm probably about to catch my first offense with the homies. The genius of this song is the way Kendrick advances the narrative with detailed accounts of their antics while also lending deep self-reflection about those actions. He does this with a reoccurring phrase at the end of each verse, acknowledging that his actions are out of character, but does them anyway due to his friends and the environment around him. He's a good kid in a mad city. Before we sparked the conversation, we seen three niggas in colors we didn't like and started interrogating. I never was a game banger. I mean, I never was stranger to the folk neither. I really doubt it. Rush a nigga quick and then we laugh about it. That's ironic, cause I never been violent until I'm with the homies. Just riding, just riding. At the end of the track, Kendrick and his friends outline their plan for the night. They're going to drop Kendrick off at his house, where he'll borrow his mom's van to see Shireen and meet up on the block later that evening. Kendrick also hits the wrong blunt that's laced with coke. Money Trees, the album's next track, recaps the story so far, presumably while Kendrick is under the influence and driving to Shireen's house. As Kendrick gets closer to his destination, he begins lusting about Shireen on the album's next song, Poetic Justice. At the song's conclusion, the narrative picks up where Kendrick left it on the album's opening track, Shireen. Kendrick is approached by two gang members in hoodies. They interrogate him on where he's from, presumably to figure out his gang affiliation. Eventually, they take him out of the van and jump him. Or where your grandma stay, where your mama stay, or where your daddy stay. 
okay? Oh, this talking. As a matter of fact, get out the van, homie. Get out the car before I snatch you out that motherfucker, homie. The next two songs, Good Kid and Mad City, are the fulcrum of the album. They mark the beginning of Kendrick's transformation from K-Dot, an impressionable boy whose actions are controlled by his environment, to Kendrick Lamar, a self-realized, enlightened adult. Each of Good Kid's three verses focuses on a different environmental influence that threatens a good kid in a place like Compton. Verse 1 speaks on gang culture and the dangers of maneuvering throughout the city without an affiliation. While Red and Blue in the first verse references Bloods and Crips, Kendrick uses the same colors in verse 2, only this time to reference police sirens. He draws a parallel between getting jumped by gangs and getting jumped by cops who racially profile him. This is probably a fear, but what am I supposed to do when the blink and the red and blue flash from the top of your roof and your dog has to say roof and you ask, lift up your shirt because you wonder if a tattoo of affiliation can make it a pleasure to put me through gang fouls, but that don't matter because the matter his racial profile. I heard them chatter, he's probably young, but I know that he's down. Step on his neck as hard as your bulletproof vest. He don't mind, he know we never respect the good kid, Mad City. Verse 3 focuses on the only escape available to a good kid in a mad city, surrounded by gang violence and police brutality, drugs and alcohol. He describes these vices as silenced from the violent rhythms of the street, and sympathizes with those who fall victim to it, knowing the temptation of relief it brings. All I see in this room, 20 zannies in these strooms, growing candy for pain. Can we live in the same society? It's entirely stressful upon my brain. You hired me as a victim, I quietly hope for change. When violence is the rhythm inspired me to obtain the silence in this room. With 20 zannies and strooms, some grown up candy, I lost it. I feel it's nothing to lose. The street's sure to release the worst out of my best. Don't mind, cause now you up your neck. The track Mad City expands on the themes of Good Kid, though its tone is much more immediate, frantic, hysterical. I should probably point out now that the word MAD is spelled M period, A period, A period, D period, an acronym that's revealed somewhere in the song. The hook of Mad City is taken from the skit in which Kendrick is interrogated by gangbangers in front of Shireen's house. The voice is detuned and eerily sing-songy, like Kendrick is hallucinating or is being haunted by the memory in a dream. Every time I'm in the street, I hear yak, 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 yak. Man down, where you from, nigga? Fuck who you know, where you from, my nigga? Where your grandma stay, huh, my nigga? This mad city, I run, my nigga. Brace yourself, I take you on a trip down memory lane. This is not a rapper, I'm slinking crack or moo cocaine. This is cold. In verse 1, Kendrick describes some of the brutal scenes he's witnessed growing up, and with the line, Pakistan on every porch, likens Compton to a war zone. He raps in a tone of desperation, like a man on the verge of a breakdown. The stories he tells are true, so much so that Kendrick bleeps out the names so as not to incriminate anyone. Walking up, you fucking punk. Pick 
picking up the fucking pump Picking up you sucker, sucker, dick or die or suck a bunch of water bullets coming from AKs, ARs, AR, duck That's what mama said when we was eating that free lunch Oh man, goddamn all hell broke loose You killed my cousin back in 94, fuck your truce Now crawl your head in that noose, you wind up dead on the news Ain't no peace treaty, just peace and BG's up to pre-approve Bodies on top of bodies, IVs on top of IVs Obviously the coroner between the sheets like the Aussies When you hop on that trolley, make sure After repeating the hook and bridge, the song suddenly transforms without warning, switching from the frenetic driving energy of the first verse to a bouncing classic West Coast sounding beat produced by Terrace Martin. Wake your punk ass up. It ain't nothing but a cop and thing. Chill. Real simple and plain. The first words we hear at the switch are wake your punk ass up, spoken by Compton rapper MC8 from the rap group Compton's Most Wanted. This confirms that the first verse was some kind of hallucination or nightmare. When Kendrick begins to rap verse 2 in the same panic-stricken voice as verse 1, we realize that his reality is no different. Compton is a nightmare you can't wake up from. He continues with stories about his experience in this mad city, and also references the lace blunt he hit earlier in the album's story. The third verse is performed by MC8, who adds to the portrait of Compton depicted throughout the song. Kendrick follows with one of the most impactful verses on the album. He wonders if his audience will stay loyal to him after confessing his sins on record. And if so, can the good kid become the prototypical model for boys like him to escape the violent cycle of street life? As we listen to the entire verse, note the haunting fluctuation of pitch applied to Kendrick's voice at different points of the verse. His voice is high when talking of innocence and detuned low when talking corruption. It finally settles on Kendrick's natural voice on the final line of the verse, a very significant line that we'll discuss in detail. If I told you I killed that nigga at 16, would you believe me? Or see me to be innocent Kendrick you seen in the street with a basketball and some now latest to eat. If I'm mashing all of my skeletons, would you jump in the seat? Would you say my intelligence now is great relief? And it's safe to say that our next generation maybe can sleep with dreams of being a lawyer, doctor, instead of boy with a chopper. They hold the code as a hostage. Kill them all if they gossip. The children of the corn, they vandalize on the option of living a lie. Drive their body with toxins, constantly drinking and drive. Hit the powder, then watch this flame that arrive in his eye. Listen, count with the concept is aiming, they bang in the slide. Out that bitch with the pies and the price on his head. The tides probably go to the projects. I live inside the belly, had the rough. Compton, USA. Made me an angel, an angel. Let's hear that last line one more time. Compton, USA. Made me an angel, an angel. It's for good reason Kendrick says Compton, USA, not Compton, California. Kendrick's experience is part of the American experience, a haunting reality for millions of Americans. It's also a reality that's lost in the romantic perfumes of the American dream, often marketed in our political speeches and national rhetoric. With Good Kid Mad City, Kendrick is putting a face to the American dream. He's a success story, yes, but he refuses to gloss over his past in favor of his present. He provides detailed accounts of his experience and by proxy, millions of others like him. Kendrick follows Compton USA with the phrase, made me an angel on angel dust. 
The obvious reference here is the lace blunt Kendrick hit previously in the story. But visualize for a moment these words. Me, angel, angel, dust. M-A-A-D, mad, with two A's like the cryptic album title. The acronym is a summation of Kendrick's experience, another expression of the good kid in a mad city. Kendrick argues that he, and perhaps all of us, are born pure, born angels. The things we do are sometimes impure, especially when heavily influenced by the environments we inhabit, but in our hearts we remain pure. In interviews, Kendrick gives an alternative meaning for the M-A-A-D acronym, My Angry Adolescence Divided. This of course refers to the stories of his youth told on the album, but the interesting word here is divided. On one hand, it likely references the split between K-Dot and Kendrick Lamar, the divide between boy and man. That divide is also expressed musically through the album's structure. The first half, the half we've been exploring thus far, focuses on the external, Kendrick's chaotic Compton environment. The second half will focus on the internal and Kendrick's development of love of self. Mad City concludes with a skit in which Kendrick is given a bottle of alcohol, something his friend calls the doctor bottle, to cope with the pain after being jumped. Nigga passed out the bottle, damn. You ain't the one that got fucked up. What you holding it for? Nigga's always acting unsensitive and shit. Nigga, that ain't no word. Nigga, shut up. The doc, you good, my nigga? Don't even trip. Just lay back and drink that. This transitions into the song Swimming Pools, the album's hit single. In it, Kendrick explains his complex relationship with alcohol. He describes how he grew up in a house with so much alcohol it could fill a swimming pool, how he began drinking only because of peer pressure, and he expands upon the idea set forth on the third verse of Good Kid, how his community uses alcohol and drugs to escape from their unfortunate reality. Now I done grew around some people living their life in bottles Granddaddy had the golden flask, backstroke every day in Chicago Some people like the way it feels, some people want to kill their sorrow Some people want to fit in with the popular, that was my problem I was in a dark room, loud tunes looking at me The skit at the end of Swimming Pools is extremely pivotal The boys sit in the Toyota and outline their plan to retaliate against the crew who jumped Kendrick They're going to fire a few warning shots and jump them when they start running away the plan quickly goes awry and turns into a shootout. The friend Dave is shot and dies in Kendrick's arms. They stopped the homie out over a bitch? Get out, you good, love? We can drop, yeah, we can drop back off. That nigga straight, man, that nigga ain't tripping. We gonna do the same old shit. I'm gonna pop a few shots, they gonna run, they gonna run opposite oh, way. Call right in the key lap. And he gonna tear their ass up, simple as that. And I hope that bitch that set him up out there, we gonna pop that bitch too. Wait, hold up, hey, I see something. The skit is immediately followed by the somber opening phrases of Sing About Me, I'm Dying a Thirst. The song is a double feature, clocking in at just over 12 minutes, and in many ways is the emotional core of the album. While the songs Good Kid and Mad City depict the horrors of Compton street life, Sing About Me and I'm Dying a Thirst confronts the repercussions of these horrors, the dead and the living that mourn the dead. In verse 1 of Sing About Me, Kendrick raps from the perspective of Dave's brother, who calls Kendrick after Dave's murder. He fears what he's going to do in retaliation, and asks Kendrick if he'd memorialize their story in song, as he's unsure if he'll live to see another day. About me. 
I woke up this morning and figured I'd call you in case I'm not here tomorrow. I'm hoping that I can borrow a piece of mind. I'm behind on what's really important. My mind is really distorted. I find nothing but trouble in my life. I'm fortunate you believe in a dream. This orphanage we call a ghetto is quite a routine. And last night was just another distraction or a reaction of what we consider madness. I know exactly what happened. You ran outside when you heard my brother cry for help. Held him like a newborn baby and made him fail. Like everything was alright in a fight he tried to put up But the type of bullet that stuck had went against his will Last blood spill on your hands, my plan's rather vindictive Everybody's a victim in my eyes When I ride, it's a murderous rhythm And outside became pitch black A demon glued to my back, whispering, get him, I got him And I ain't give a fuck That same mentality had told my brother not to duck In actuality, it's a trip, how we trip off of colors I wonder if I ever discover a passion like you and recover The life that I knew is a Yunkin' in pajamas and thunderdons When thunder comes, it rains cats and dogs Dumb niggas like me never prosper Prognosis of a problem child I'm proud and well devoted This pyro shit been in me forever So forever, I'ma push it wherever, whenever And I love you cause you love my brother like you did Just promise me you tell this story when you make it big And if I die before your album drop, I hope In verse 2, Kendrick raps from the perspective of a prostitute, attempting to survive on the streets of Compton. We're going to explore this verse in great detail on our analysis of these walls from Tapimpa Butterfly, as they are deeply connected. Suffice to say, with the first and second verse, Kendrick is memorializing and humanizing real stories from the defeated people we often never hear from. In verse 3 of Sing About Me, Kendrick confronts his obsession with death, knowing that telling these stories so explicitly might put him in danger. He also responds to the characters he portrays in verse 1 and 2, saying, I count lives on these songs. Look at the weak and cry. Pray one day you'll be strong. Fighting for your rights, even when you're wrong. And hoping that at least one of you sing about me when I'm gone. And I'm not sure why I'm infatuated with death. My imagination is surely an aggravation of threats that can come about. Cause the tongue is mighty powerful And I can name a list of your favorites that probably vouch Maybe cause I'm a dreamer and sleep is the cousin of death Really stuck in the schema of wondering when I'm arrest And you're right, your brother was a brother to me And your sister's situation was the one that put me In a direction to speak on something that's realer than the TV screen By any means wasn't trying to hold Finn to come between Her personal life I was like it need to be told Cursing the life of 20 generations at the her soul Exactly what happened if I ain't continue Rapping or steady being distracted by money, drugs, and four fives. I count lives all on these songs. Look at the weak and cry. Pray one day you be strong. Fighting for your rights, even when you're wrong. And hope that at least one of you think about me when I'm gone. Am I worth it? Did I put enough work in? Promise that you will sing about me. Promise that you will. On the skit that Bridges sing about me with dying of thirst, Kendrick's friends reach a breaking point. They stand now in front of a food for less, panic-stricken, angry, frustrated, and wanting to seek revenge for their loss. Finally, Dave's brother snaps, screaming, I'm tired of this shit, implying he's tired of the fatal cycle of death and retaliation. So, so what we gonna do, my niggas? What we gonna do? Bro, we can go back right now, my nigga. Like, nigga, I don't give a fuck, my nigga. We can go back right now. Fuck, I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of fucking running. I'm tired of this shit. My brother, homie. Tired of running, uh, tired of hunting, uh, my own kind, but we're tired of nothing. 
I'm dying of thirst is a sprawling, continuous verse broken up by the refrain, I'm dying of thirst, repeated three times. He opens the song with the line, I'm tired of running, tired of hunting my own kind, or retiring nothing. Kendrick and his friends are exhausted by the cyclical nature of death and retaliation, but know no other way to live. Kendrick continues the song with multiple vignettes of Compton reality, further emphasizing the frustration of being unhappy, yet not having the resources to change. The cure for their thirst is revealed in the skit that follows I'm Dying of Thirst. The boys, still in front of the food for less, deciding if they want to retaliate, are approached by an old woman who sees a gun in one of the boys' hands. Fuck, I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of fucking running. Come talk to me. My brother, homie. Is that what I think that is? I know that's not what I think that is. Why are you so angry? See, you young men are dying of thirst. Do you know what that means? That means you need water, holy water. You need to be baptized with the Spirit of the Lord. Do you want to receive God as your personal Savior? Okay, repeat after me. Lord God, I come to you a sinner. Lord God, I come to you a sinner. And I humbly repent for my sin. And I humbly repent for my sins. I believe that Jesus The woman, who's played by Maya Angelou, leads the boys in the sinner's prayer, the Christian prayer recited by those who feel the presence of sin and desire a fresh start through a relationship with God. This marks the beginning of Kendrick's transformation and leads into the penultimate track, Real. In Jesus' name, amen. All right now, remember this day, the start of a new life, your real life. In Real, Kendrick celebrates knowing and loving one's real self outside of one's environmental influence. Similar to I'm Dying of Thirst, Kendrick uses verse one and verse two to speak on two different characters, one male, one female. These unnamed characters represent Shrain and all the women in his neighborhood like her, and Kendrick's homies featured in the story, and all the men in his neighborhood like them. He calls out the lifestyle these characters seem to love, clothes, cars, money, drama, violence, and ends both verses with the same refrain, what's love got to do with it when you don't love yourself? In verse three, Kendrick explains that he knows these characters very well because he loves the same things himself. He asks himself if he should rather hate these things for falsely filling a void in him and withholding his personal growth. He is searching for a resolution between both his love and his resentment for Compton. The reason why I know you very well, cause we have the same eyes, can't you tell? The days I tried to cover up and conceal my pride, it only made it harder for me to deal with living in a world that come with plan B. Escape go, cause plan A don't come free, and plan C just an excuse like because, or the word but, but what if I got love? I love them, I love when I love her, I love so much, I love when love hurts. I love first verse, cause you're the girl I attract, I love second verse, cause you're the homie that pack, burner like a stovetop that love cooking from scratch i love what the both of you have to offer in fact i love it so much i don't love anything else but what love got to do with it when i don't love myself to the point i should hate everything i do love should i hate living my life inside the club should i hate her for watching me for that reason should i hate him for telling me that i'm seasoned should i hate them for telling me ball out should i hate street credibility i'm talking about hating all money power respect in my will or hating the fact none of that shit make me real yeah. 
The answers come by way of Kendrick's parents, who enter the song after the third verse. Unlike the other skits on the album, the music for real continues as Kendrick's father and mother speak to him on voicemail. The harmony created by the mergence of these two worlds, song and skit, which are until this point sonically separate, is incredibly impactful and moving. Kendrick's father consoles him over the loss of his friend, but asks him not to learn the hard way like he did. He tells Kendrick real is responsibility, family, and God. We should note that his father's words here echo the real-life talk quoted in episode 1, where Kendrick's dad tells him not to follow in his footsteps. This also might be an appropriate time to mention that the father and mother heard on the album's skits are actually performed by Kendrick's real mother and father. Yeah, I ain't tripping up from Domino's no more. Just call it. Sorry to hear what happened to your homeboy. But don't learn the hard way like I did, homie. Any nigga can kill a man. That don't make you a real nigga. Real is responsibility. Real is taking care of your motherfucking family. Real is God, nigga. Kendrick's mother then takes the phone. She tells Kendrick that she hopes he learns from his mistakes and comes back a man. She encourages Kendrick to take his music seriously and give back to his community, give them hope and show them that he was able to rise out of a dark place and become a positive person. We're going to listen to this incredibly moving passage and then discuss the final sound we hear at the end of the song. If I don't hear from you by tomorrow, I hope you come back and learn from your mistakes come back a man. Tell your story to these black and brown kids and come. Let them know you was just like them, but you still rose from that dark place of violence, becoming a positive person. But when you do make it, give back with your words of encouragement. And that's the best way to give back to your city. And I love you, Kendrick. If I don't hear you knocking on the door, you know I usually leave the key. All right? Talk to you later. Bye. The tape being either re-round or fast-forward signifies the end of the Good Kid Mad City narrative. Kendrick has found resolution through his parents' advice and is primed to move forward in life positively and give back to his community through music and leadership. There are two equally merited interpretations of the tape sound we hear, and Kendrick has not confirmed either one as being correct, so we'll take a look at both. Following the sound is the song Compton, a celebration of the city and Kendrick's first collaboration with his hometown hero, Dr. Dre. And um, That was actually the first studio session that I had with Dre. That is the last song on the album for a specific reason. That's the first song I did with Drake. That was the start of my new life. With this in mind, the tape sound can be interpreted as a fast forward from 16-year-old Kendrick portrayed on Good Kid Mad City to present-day 25-year-old Kendrick that collaborates with Dre. This interpretation is further backed by the content of the song Compton. It's an upbeat, positive celebration of the city, similar to the kind of music Kendrick's mom asked him to make on the conclusive skit we just heard. The second interpretation is a rewind, signifying the end of the narrative and returning back to its true beginning. This version is backed by the very short skit at the end of Compton, in which Kendrick is running out of the door of his parents' house.
As you'll remember, Kendrick is driving his mom's van to Shireen's house on the album's opening track. If we imagine the album starting over after this skit, the skit would act as a bridge, completing the loop of the album's end and beginning. Personally, I like the fact that this and so much of Good Kid Mad City is open to interpretation. It's what makes revisiting this highly detailed album again and again so enthralling. It's also why it pains me to analyze it so briefly here. It's a complex, deeply personal coming-of-age story, full of honesty in a genre not known for vulnerability, and from an artist whose origins are not known for introspection. Good Kid Mad City was also that unique work that achieved popular success without compromising artistry. The album was met with universal critical acclaim for both hip-hop and popular media outlets. It was named the Album of the Year by many credible publications, was nominated for five Grammy Awards, and won Album of the Year at the 2013 BET Awards. It went certified platinum in less than a year and catapulted Kendrick into national and world stardom. Of course, knowing Kendrick to be reserved and analytic, ever aware of the influences of his environment, the transition to stardom was not easy. He was transplanted from a mad city ruled by temptation and vice into another kind of world, also ruled by temptation and vice. As a kid, you always say, you know, you want this lifestyle, you want this lifestyle, you know, and then you get it, and then you see how, you know, detrimental it can be for you. One thing I learned, you know, when you in, you in the limelight, anything, you know, that you have a, a vice for, you know, it's at your demand times 10, and it can kill you, you know. Kendrick's second album, To Pimp a Butterfly, picks up where Good Kid Mad City left off. With the song Compton, Good Kid concludes with a well-deserved honeymoon. Kendrick celebrates escaping a tumultuous life, shedding the influence of his environment, and brings hope and joy to his community by telling their story through his music. On To Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick will confront the realities of success and fame, as well as the survivor's guilt and depression he feels for leaving behind his city and his friends. To Pimp a Butterfly is an incredibly complex and rewarding story of maturation and self-discovery, and I can't wait to finally begin exploring it with you next time on Dissect. Dissect is written and produced by me. If you enjoy Dissect, remember to rate and review on iTunes. It really helps. For additional content, including a Tapimpa Butterfly album map, follow us at Dissect Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit dissectpodcast.com. Theme music by Bureaucratic. For more, visit bureaucratic.bandcamp.com.